0: your law school, then that is where they now teach you how you can bring together what you have learned so that you can make a sense of it. And that is what this meeting is for. The things I'm teaching you are templates that if any man apply it, you will succeed. And it doesn't cover just your work on the pulpit, if you agree with me. It covers your life with your husband, your wife, your position with your children as standardized by the Scripture, your role as a father, as a pastor's wife, or as a mother, or as a pastor's husband. And then crisis that happened in church, that's what we just finished. Looking at the crisis that happened in church, you will discover that we all have consensus that why should there be a crisis? We are born again now. And now you know the root of crisis as we went to the beginning of crisis. It happened with God. And we looked at that to see why it happened. And we found out that the same way it happened in heaven, it is the same why it's happening here. Not every crisis in church is by the devil. Not so. Because, you know, people always blame devil too much. Isn't it? We looked at the first crisis in the church on earth. We compared the first crisis in heaven with the first crisis in the church on earth. And we found that it's the same reason. What the devil did there, man did here. As devil won a group of people, angels there, man also won people to reside here. And we recognize that the ending of both is the same. All right? Why well, we could all agree today, because the blood has been shed and resurrection is taking place? that the brain behind all this confusion in churches is the same brain that originated it in heaven. Who is the devil? But really we found out that the devil cannot use a man unless there is a weakness in that man. Those who are contentious against their leader, the devil can use them for rebellion. A person loyal... And non-conscientious, impossible for them to go. Even if they were convinced so much, they almost felt they would stand. Because they do not have any contention in their heart. But I will say that one of the things that came very glaringly to us is that to mitigate for rebellion and chaos in the church or to mitigate for lack of growth in the church... We have covered a few number of things. One thing that we, we, God has spoken again and showed us from Monday, again and again in almost every lecture, is that the leader of the household of faith is of utmost importance. That is, you're standing with God. And God challenged every one of us, isn't it? Because the leaders we saw, they hear God, they saw. And all of us recognize that if there is anything we're going to work uh, on right now, put away all your theories, throw them into garbage. You must see the God who called you. You must see visions. You must hear God's audible voice. It's not gift. It's relationship. So we all was... God told us inevitably that this end time church, there's going to be a rocking of the boat in the end time church. People will be emptied. Churches will be emptied because God will blow the trumpet and people will look for where God is. He looked at that Isaiah chapter 2. They will look for where a man who hear God, a man who see God. So many buildings will be empty. But the people will go into where a man who can hear God, who can speak God, who can see God is. Some will tell their pastor that, Pastor, we have waited with you, but we are fed up. We have to go. We have to go. My eternity is more important. And I saw many who have put large crowds together sat with their hands on their chin because there is no, more, no one dove, no bird there, no one person there anymore. And God will not show up in those places because the tent has moved. And for you and I, what God is for dealing with us is your heart. Your heart. And I told you it will be an illusion for a minister to expect a powerful church when himself is not powerful. It will be total illusion for a minister to expect a praying people when himself does not pray. It will be very, very much illusion for a minister who is not successful to expect members of his, his church to be successful. What you are not, they cannot. And I think the last time I was listening to the tape of deals this morning, a statement was made that you should know that you who is a spiritual head... Determine what spirits can operate in your church. Okay. Your yield to God determines how much the spirit of that God, which embraces angels and rest of them, can have their way. And I said, Nobody under you can go beyond you. You are the ceiling, you can make and you can break however said that because the church is an organization and we saw also from Genesis chapter 1 that the first thing that God did when he was creating heavens and the Bible records about him is governance and structure this session we are looking into the We look into ministerial duties, ethics, and governance. I think when I was looking at teaching you on ethics and and duties, I discovered that for us to teach duties and ethics, we must first look at governance. This one, I was going to print it, but... um, the printer was off so I will print it for you and give it to you because there is so much you cannot write everything and I want to cover this in 30 minutes now in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless, void and formless. The next stage is, And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. And the next verse is, And God said, Now when you look at this epic of story, after I said, And God said, Let there be light. Then it says, And there was light. The next, and God saw that the light was good. Let's look at it together. Genesis one one. In the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4 says, what shall we do together? All right, God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from darkness. Then, verse 5, let's read together. Now, this scripture shows us a cycle. You know, many ministers always have problems for the American growth. And many ministers have problems for vision fulfillment, and sometimes we get frustrated. Now, apart from the first one, which God has said to us, which I help you see now in scriptures, God will not give you large membership when you are not capable before God's own understanding. God will give you the number of people. He knows that you have the capability to maintain. Unless, if you want to use voodoo, yes, then that be away from God. Two fundamental things that affect church growth. One, a minister must be doing what God called him to do. If you are called to be an evangelist, if you pastor, God will frustrate it. Every time you gather, He will scatter it. Because that's not what He called you to do. Example of that in the Scriptures: God called, in the book of Acts, chapter, chapter eight, a man went to Samaria. A mighty revival started. When people were converted, he was not called to the office of pastoring or apostleship. He had to send to Jerusalem for those who have the grace of an apostle, which is governmental, to come and set up the government. He had appraised the man who was a witch doctor, brother Simon, the sorcerer. He had become one of the next in line who could be a potential leader because he's an evangelist. So, when the government man came, the government man now brought order. Separated the shaft from the way. And he did that publicly. You remember what God told us before? An area of rebellion, what do you do with it. He didn't call him to secret, publicly told him. He was not told who that man was, but he is in the office. Okay, You will never hear that Philip sat in Samaria as their pastor. He will have failed. Really what God did for Philip was that God took him by force by the wind and he disappeared. He didn't want to disappear, of course. And Philip was moved to where God wants. So if a person is supposed to be an evangelist and you are a pastor, you'll be frustrated by God. Until you go to the streets and go to the field. But an evangelist will need a beast. And a beast should be pastored by a shepherd. Okay? So we understand How we look at what God did here, looking at them as the first principle. You have the spiritual, but you have the human, which is people management. Because the church is people. There must be what they call structure in place and good governance. So God in his own governance and structure, in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth. Understand plural heavens. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the deep, uh, but the spirit of God was still in control. We recognize that heaven was not in darkness. One of the things that God created and arm was the earth, He didn't create to be in darkness or chaos. But that was a problem. That was a chaos. Like what was dealt with this morning. When you pastor a church, people come in, they sing your praise. Everybody is blessed and everybody is going on fine. You expect it to be like that till death. And suddenly, this verse 2 will happen to you. But if you look at God, though he's in heaven, the arm of his creation on earth was in chaos, but he was in the midst of it. He didn't run away from it. Okay? But then God was in the midst of it, hovering over. When the time came, he spoke. When light came, he defined what this should be. And define what darkness should be. And he separated darkness from light. That is governance. Putting a structure in place. And defining their purposes and functions. That is what is called governance. Light came. He observed what he said. Whether what happened is according to my plan and thinking that is what governance is when we get into when I give you the, four pillars, the five pillars of governance you'll see the power of observation accountability monitoring and then after God separated and defined he called, him, called the day light day and the night he called it night and then it was the completion of his work. Therefore, good church structure and governance are the first priority of a growing church. If the structure of a a church is good, and their governance is bad, that organization will be confused. Likewise, if there is bad structure, and good governance, it will produce stress because people are put in place, but they are not defined. Darkness and light will be mixing. They are not separated. What is the purpose of governance, therefore? The purpose of governance is to introduce sanity. This is my own conclusion, I Haven't studied governance intellectually for quite a while now is to produce sanity into a practice. It helps us understand the limits, the boundaries, within which we are allowed to operate. Good governance brings sanity. All of us work in the same organization. If there is no separation of functions and adequate constructive definition of purposes, anybody can do whatever he likes. And there'll be contention because what I think is my duty, some of them you are trying to do it, and we will have contention. So therefore, what is governance then? Well, some people said governance is the process by which a governing body ensures that an organisation is effectively and properly running. Is a process that you put in place to enhance your legitimate end. You remember the legitimate end of the church? Which scripture is that? Uh-huh. Isaiah 2 to the 3. You have a vision. God is bringing people. When God will bring them, how will we get there? To think about that and implement it, that is governance. I would gather now. So, it, it is the process you put in place to ensure that your organization is running according to your plan. Not only that, they are effective. They are achieving legitimate aim, as well as the direction they are going is the right thing. So, therefore... It is not necessarily the act of performing things, but it is involved in ensuring that things are done. That's the role of a pastor in the church. There is an organization they call OECD. Everybody who is involved in governance, corporate governance in one way or the other, either in economics or law or in any other we understand, we know about this organization they are a global organization. They call them the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. They are one of the main organizations that are looked up on the earth on an international level, and uh, their decisions they make on you know definitions and you know policies about economics or government and stuff is quite very much respected by you know all the processors in the world. They. I define governance as corporate governance involves a set of relationship between a company's management, its board, its shareholders, and other stakeholders. Corporate governance also provides the structure through which the objective of a company is set, and the means of attaining those objectives and monitoring performances are determined. You know what many of us do in church is that we just keep running church every day. We don't have a system by which we evaluate every week. Whether we are growing both internally or numerically or externally. We do not have a format by which When a pastor gives instruction downline, you do not have a format by which you can get to your downline to get a report of has this instruction been executed? How was it executed? If it was not executed, what is the problem? And communicate to them what is the advice to get it done. Some of us have a form of structure. Okay, where we have leaders and we have various leaders of leaders and we have the, you know, all the departments in the church, which a church doesn't have, it's not functioning in any way. But at the same time too, our governance is bad because it's it's when there's trouble, we try to look for why. But a good governance, which was said by God, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the eye was formless and void. The Spirit of God hovers over the sea, the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God separated the light from the darkness. And He called the light day. And He called the the night darkness. Now, God is in everything. But we are not. Once we delegate, that's the end of it. Who will delegate? The instruction may die along the way. We have no means of knowing whether it was done or not. Until the day that we have the lack. But I've told you people to be doing this. That is bad governance. If good governance is ensuring that, it means that anybody who is in charge of governance must be actively involved in all the process. Are we together now? Now, in the church of God, the, the difference between the church of God and, let me say, other organizations that are benevolent organizations or people's organization, which you call charity, is this. The, a public organization has what they call trustees. All right? Who are the people who... If any eh, government will want to pull everybody for any question, they are the one they will talk to about that organization. In England and in other countries, the same law, the trustees are in charge of what they call primary governance. All right? Why the shepherd and the elders are involved in what they call secondary governance? So your trustees may not be the born again ones that are very matured, but they must be academic intelligence. Because for trustees, you are dealing with law, not God. Of course, anyone we will assign as a trustee in the church organization must be a matured Christian, but at the same time must be an intellectual or academician or an academic. Now, so that they can use their their expertise. And let me tell you the areas that you want to make sure you spread out. You want to get an accountant or somebody who is involved in finance to be part of it. You want to make sure that somebody who is a law person or a lawyer is part of it. If you have a person who is a chief executive or a director of prostitutes in your organization, you want to put them there because they are used to Governance in secular world. If you have somebody who is a secretary, a chartered secretary, I'm talking about a member of the chartered secretaries who is also a secretary to the board in their, in their organization, you want to put them there. Why? Because they are involved in primary governance. What does primary governance involve? What is it involved in? The first major assignment of primary governance is to set policies. The second very important role of primary governance is to define long-term strategies to achieving goals of the organization. The third is to establish and monitor the charity's core values, the church's core values. And number four is evaluating the performance or setting up a procedure for evaluation of the performance of the church towards achieving its objectives. What I'm saying now, let me explain it to you. <laughs> trustee, if you decide to be a trustee of a charity, you can go to jail. So when they come to you, they want to start a church, come and be part of our trustee, tell them that you're not trusted enough. To be a trustee. Especially some of us will be trustee, he trustee, he trustee, he trustee. You think it is a honor, it is a death trap for a person who is ignorant. There is no intercession in prison. Are we together now? Therefore, you cannot be a trustee of an organization that you cannot monitor. If you look at these things that the, the law requires, Setting policies. We do it in church. We set policies. Policies, when you say setting policies, you may be thinking, that, Oh, some complicated something. Uh, here, the head of children, I told him that, Go and give me your procedure. And what are your policies? He went and they met. How do you set policies? By first of all asking yourself, what do you do really in this group? You write them down. How do we do it? You write them down. When do we meet? You write them down. What time do we do meetings? You write them down. Okay, can we come any time? No. We should arrive 15 minutes before the time. You write them down. That is policy. Policy is not complicated. law. going to look for law books somewhere. No, policy is you wake up in the morning at what time? At 5 a.m. When I wake up, what do I do? I wash my teeth. When I finish brushing my teeth, I bath. When I finish bathing, I iron my clothes. When I finish iron my clothes, I spend 30 minutes praying. After praying, I read the Bible 20 minutes. Because I have to catch bus at this time. I get to office at this time. What do I do in the office? I do this, 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 I do this. this. All right. I close at this time. I have to go to church for prayer at this time to this time. I get home at this time. I will do X, Y, Z. Then I sleep. If you write it down, that's policy. Okay? And I said this because... Some of you may be saying that "Ah, we're waiting for one book. No. The main organization give you primary governance. Primary governance may not give detail of functioning and operation. But it's a guide that guards sanity in the organization. And the subsidiaries, who are the elders and you know, pastors local have to now look at how does this or in the place where such is not, though in CFC is a little bit different because you are given every detail. But yet you will see have local contents adaptation. Something that if India will apply, it will be different in, in procedure to Nigeria or Ireland applying it. All right. Second thing is defining long-term strategies to achieving the goals of your charity. A pastor must have planned for five years, ten years, fifteen years. I already sat my wife down. Okay? We did that when we were fifty. To look at my passing away when I die and plan for fifty years so that if I die at any time my organization will breathe and keep going. I'm putting procedure in place that will beyond reasonable doubt that will help decisions to be made after me to be made in line with what my goals are. Are we together? You must have long time plan. What will happen to you in five years? Where do you want to be? what will happen to the church, which is your business? Church is our business. Will the business die when you leave? So you must have a long-term plan. I we together now. You must have a long-time plan. I must have strategies, both short-term and long-time. Your long term goal, you break it to achievables of 1-1-year. One, one and one year goal, you break it to 1-1-month. One, one 1-1-month, one, one you break it to daily operations. Then you must establish monitoring procedure to monitor your core values. The core value of Christ with Tabernacle, building overcomers commerce for tomorrow. All right. Um... Build up our commands for tomorrow and uh, um, what manifesting the power of God through love, yeah, manifesting the power of God through love and build our commands for tomorrow. So our core values is that that's our core value. So everything we do as a church, it has to be with love. If it is out of love, fail. fail. And that's why I shared my personal life with you. How I handle no crises, that crisis didn't affect my love for both those who are in and those who are out. So that today I'm still getting blessed. Demonstrating God's power through love. And building overcomers for tomorrow. Those are core values. Now, In this church, how do we uh, 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 um, uh, interpret it? Well, we we have various groups in church. We have the law group. We have the medical group. Uh, We we set up computer group, social media group, uh, various professional groups. What is their job? Use their gift to educate the other members. So the the medical group, we set up medical program that will help people inform them on medicals. The law group will set up a law program that will help to equip and, uh, you know, inform people. The social group are the one developing all these outreaches. As many groups as possible, but it must it must be such that it centers on your core values. All right? Building overcomers commerce for tomorrow, my, our heart is to build everybody spiritually, mentally, and you know, financially or every other day. That's our core goals. Now, let me help you understand this. But I haven't said all that. We need to make sure that we have a system by which we can evaluate ourselves. You, Pastor, must evaluate yourself. What am I achieving? What have I achieved this year? This is February. And what I said this year what have I achieved? If I cannot evaluate myself on a monthly basis, by December I will have a carryover. Even if I fast and pray for 30 days, I will say carryover. Because people, Christians always pray in December, that shall be no carryover, that shall not be You should have prayed it from January. What you didn't do by December, no matter how much you go hunger strike, you will carry it over by His grace. I will gather now. So, these four pillars are strategic to primary governance. In law, it is responsibilities of trustees. I won't talk much about that because I'm not talking to trustees. But those of you who are are pioneers must know that these things must be in place or else you can get into jail. But for the effective running of the church... You need both the legal trustees, which are the governmental administrators, and the spiritual trustees, which are pastors and elders. The book of Romans, chapter thirteen, one to five, tells you about the board of trustees, governmental trustees. And the book of First Timothy, chapter three, one to two, and Acts chapter fourteen, twenty three, tells you about the spiritual Trustees the distinction between the church charity and the charities in the world in a church charity primary governance is responsibility of both the board of trustees and the board of elders that is in the church seven corinthians five ten for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one will give account uh, uh, each one may receive what is due him for the things done while it's in the body, whether good or bad. So the government trustees, which are the legal ones, work with the administrative trustees to make sure that they are running fine. Let me tell you something here, and I expect every one of you to do so in all local churches. In CFT, we have elders, but we have administrators in every CFT church. The job of those administrators is to sit down with the pastor and look at budgeting, look at you know, uh, compliance and all stuff like that. They are not to do spiritual things. They will take all their spiritual things and is to just make sure that it is within the law. Okay, I will read to you some few things now that you do. Whereas the board of the council of leaders, deacons, deaconesses, elders associate pastors they are the spiritual trustees so my instruction is that you meet with them once in a month so that every department come once in a month what do you do evaluate that month whether you are working according to the core values according to the purpose did you achieve your target for the month and then the leader tell his his group what are we looking for next month And then they plan how to achieve it. In that, they will introduce training necessary to enhance their group. And let me say this to you. There is Apostle Williams. I'm seated in this headquarters. At the beginning, I was the one, you know, overseeing all these heads, headship. But today, I do not know how each of the departments in my church implements what I have decided But I do know that they they meet up with my standard. What does that do? I delegated leaders for the video section and all the other section. They have to think of training necessary to equip their section. When I come to the video section and I ask questions about video, I don't expect one man among them not to answer me. But at the beginning, I set them up and trained them and gave them manual, gave them everything. But now, they have formed. I will not have to do that. Because if I do that, it will rub into my spiritual time. The head of children is the one who will arrange any education they need. At the beginning, I oversee it, arrange it. But I won't raise them to the place of competence. You know, these people are ministers themselves. They have worked with me for years. They know my standard, and they can't derogate. Now, let me say what happened to the church, therefore. The church grows. Because I don't bother myself with what other people should do. If I see something in the the meeting is isn't appropriate, I call the leader, and I call the attention to it, or call the guys and tell them. And when I say it, they sort it out. They run by themselves. Even some of them contribute money, and they run their department for themselves. And I don't know about it. It's not for drinking and partying. Of course, at the end of the year, I have to attend the party of everybody until I'm fed up of eating dinner last year. that Almost every Saturday of my December is to go and eat party with a worker somewhere. So we have decided that this year we will have one joint. Workers' party. All of us workers, let's meet ourselves and then. If we are going to have the party from morning to night, no problem. As long as you don't come to me the following Saturday. So, you must understand this that every department must be able to run. They bring their manual for me for training. The church only gives guidance for workers, which is dress code, standard of behavior ethics and all stuff like that. But when it comes to, you know, this lens of this camera has spoiled. I can only be informed. Once I'm informed, they must, they know where we order it. Okay? And they order there. Any equipment spoiled in my organization, the policy is that no man, trade man, repair my equipment, but the manufacturer. So, Ikigami is spoiled. They go to Ikigami. Sony is for, po- they go to Sony. Inform me, this has happened. Okay, good. So then what do we do? Oh, yes, we have done this. Oh, we have put this in place. Good. Then I will follow them up. What about what you told me last week? Has it arrived? Oh, it's arriving next week. Watch me. End of next week, I'll pin the person down. Where, I, where is the thing? That is good governance. No matter how busy Apostle Williams is, if I go to any parish, my eyes are on their lack. Because I also see what happens in every parish. I also find a solution for problems of every parish. I have goals for them, targets to meet. Those who didn't meet their own, what is the remedy? What is the problem? So, when I go to them, I'm interested in solving that problem than doing crusade for them. Because God will not ask me of crusade in those places, He will ask me of the governors there. They will do their own crusade as I do crusade too. They will, yes, they will go out to their own streets as I lead my own here to the streets. I'm talking about the the spicy between. The governance of the primary governance trustees and the spiritual administrators. Let me say this to you. All my trustees are members of this church. We had a time in this church, all the trustees are appointed, all of them left. Yes. I was the only one standing. So we have to now appoint New trustees among those who remained. Are you with me? I went to read law. I'm not stupid. I am the head appointed by God of an international organization. I will answer before God for every country that I'm set up. God has given me spiritual capacity to help. And it's seen all over the world. But I did not have the academic capacity. While in my surveying and mapping sciences, I could help in construction work, which I do, go into the building and tell them this one should not be here, this is what you should do here, and help get that done. But at the end of the day, I need to be legally trained so that I know what is happening in the field of law in any nation. Anybody tells me we went through planning permission issue there now. I appointed lawyers. When we came to the meeting with the people, my lawyers were keeping quiet. My, my, uh, the personal professional we appointed was keeping quiet. I have to stand up and talk to those people myself. But at that time, I was second year student law. So when I spoke, I challenged their law. If I didn't do it, can I do that? It changed everything. Why did I not stop in LLB? I have to read to the place whereby All those people who pounce on churches, when they see my degree, they will be paralyzed before talking. They will be totally paralyzed. They will know that you are not going to a foolish man. That's one of the reasons why I'm reading. And I've not finished reading yet. I'm not finished reading. It is as serious to me as so winning. What am I saying to you? When we look at your duties, we see it now. You have the duty to equip yourself with skill. Therefore, it is the administrator's duty, spiritual, to make sure that the church is running to purpose. Both from soul winning, prayer meeting, evangelism, and all stuff like that. And I will say this because I will teach about this more tomorrow. When I teach you about your finances, if you look at these four pillars of of governance, you will discover, therefore, that if a church doesn't have money in the account, it is the fault of the resident pastor. Really, the contract pastor's sign, including myself, is that your salary cannot be paid unless the bills of the church is paid. So if a pastor is pastoring a church and you are not adding salary, you are not doing any favor for God, you are even robbing yourself, You are not earning salary because the church that you are pastoring cannot provide your your livelihood. Okay? If that church cannot provide your livelihood because they have to pay bills, then you have to work harder and pray to God more and tell God, everybody you call in the Bible, you fed them. Feed me. All right? This is the principle... Though in the practical, sometimes we may have compassion to help this there, to help that there, but this is our, our contract. If this church have debts and they cannot, at the end of the month, all the income that come here, they have to pay debt. I can't earn that month. I can't earn that month. So if my earning... Will come from my sweat. As the Bible commanded, that's the reason why I must take the church more seriously than a business. I can't blame anybody for not paying my salary because I mean if the money is not able to run the church. Therefore, it is the duty of the shepherd to do budgeting. We'll look at all the intricacies of budgeting tomorrow. I meet my administrators. Sometimes four times in a year. Sometimes three times in a year. But when we go to meet, we go from morning nine till six, sometimes seven. We will look at every aspect of our church, you know, stage by stage. The branches will look at, study their reports to know what is happening there. If there is problem there, in what area is the problem? Why is the problem? We know everything. So that we can devise solution for them. And here that we are, we will look at our accounts. The income that we earned last this time, last year, and year before the last. Are we increasing in our monthly income or we are decreasing? If we are decreasing, there is a problem. We are going to bankruptcy. A church can be closed down by God. And God does close it down. Sometime. I would get it now. To close down a church is not a sin. It is godliness. If that church is not meeting up. You close down and then send to people who can run it. Or relieve them of your burden. So that we don't have anything in that place anymore. Rather than trying to make it work. What will not work. Okay. So. It is the responsibility of the shepherd to make sure. Let me tell you one thing I did this month. Whenever I want to have an anniversary, we always have budget. Of course, we have budget here every month for everything. And I sit down with my visitors. We do. We don't do our budgeting or our accounting like uh, Grace. We do it by law. Normally, it is my own duty to approve or set the ceiling of what will be spent anywhere. And it's my own duty to say no to his spending, because it is beyond my expected budget. Really, in this house, there is something they call covenants in loaning system, whereby the bank that give you a loan give you a covenant saying that you must have minimum of X amount in your account after all expenditure every month. Not because you can't pay, you are paid. But after you are paid, you expect to have this amount in your account. If you don't have it, you have broken the covenant. The meaning of that in law is that the, the bank can decide to call for your building. Okay? And they will. In law, they can. So therefore, it is my own duty if I don't want to lose what I have, to make sure that I'm not just signing every check. I'm not buying things by faith. I buy it by law. Okay. I can believe God to make provision, but I cannot believe God to spend. Because if arrives a bounce check, it is a it is a bad attitude and it is you can be taken up in law. So therefore what did I do this month? We have a budget that we spend in our anniversary. Every month we spend over ten thousand, within ten thousand and fifteen thousand for this anniversary. That is including all preparations, food, they are eating, bills we are paying. Uh, We have budget for the television advert, for billboard advert, for for, uh, handbill and everything. So what did I do this year? I decided that this group, media, have been asking me for, you know, an upgrade of their equipment. Okay? They wanted me to buy an equipment of 2000 something. Uh, Apple, very small little stuff. And I don't do that. If I buy anything for God, it will be the best. This camera, we are bought it now, I think they are going over 10 years, going to 15 years. When we bought it, we bought each one 45,000 pounds, brand new from Ikigami. We can use it for life. My mates, are buying camera of 5,000, 2,000, I'm not into that. We bought it. We are using it till today. We can we can let our children inherit this one, and they can put it in collector item, one hundred years. As if Jesus doesn't come, <laughs> are we together now? So what did I do? I began to work out my operations of budget. So, the advert of television that would have costed me some money, I didn't do it. Billboard, I didn't do it. Um, we are doing uh, handbill, I didn't do it. I said, why can't I even concentrate on the people God giving? me? Why am I looking for people from outside? Let me saturate this people in this house first. So I was able to save over 10,000 pounds. Really, I saved about 12,000 pounds or 13. Even the British news, nothing. Testifier, will stop you for a while. My television program on television too, I canceled the one with INI. I've done that few years now, which gave us to build up our money. Now, let me say this to you. I went to Blue Waters. If it's Blue Water or the Green One, Lakeside. Yeah. That's the Green Water. I went there to Apple myself. And I said, give me what you have. And I gave them the specification I have. And that is the best specification they ever have today. When they put it together, it was 8,000 something, and I bought it for them. I would not need to buy that section anything for 10 years. And we haven't spent more than our budget. We didn't even spend our budget. I came into this church sometime last year, and I found out that we got a bill for one month for bills eh, 4,500. I said, Where did this come from? For lights? Why should it be? When they bring me invoices to sign, I query every invoice. Who is this one? What did we buy there? Because if I sign it, I'm liable. And what am I liable for? I'm liable for profit or loss. Because if I sign out all the money they should use to pay me salary, that month I will not have salary. If I sign up money for things people bought, okay, and we can't pay mortgage, That month, they will collect the building from me. So it is my duty as a shepherd to make sure that my organization is not running in debt and I'm praying useless prayer, looking for miracle that does not exist. God expects me, as a man of God, to be prudent in spending his money. He comes by brain, not by faith. Are you with me now? So, when I saw that, I said, why should we pay so much? Oh, they said that uh, we had some meetings and uh, stuff like that. Okay, no problem. From this time, once we close this church, I told the guy there, 30 minutes after closing, switch off all light. Anybody want to talk, you go to the hall there and be talking. And they switch off the light from everybody. When he did his it, first and second, and people know that when you close, you go. <laughs> and I told the whole church, too. You know that you guys are born, born the, 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 the electricity. The following month, we paid 1,000 something. Can you imagine? From 4,000. Almost 5,000. So, we have been maintaining that uh, bill from 2,000, 1,000, 2,200 since that time. Can you imagine gaining 3,000 for 10 months? That's how much? 30,000. Are we together now? You are responsible as the good manager of God's money. You know what? I will tell you this also. In my position as the overseer of the church, I know the problem of each parish. I know the strength of each parish. I know the uh, commitments. And I know where they need help. I know that if I do this for this parish, you know, just to strengthen them, they will be in a better position to be able to really achieve this. So, we got got, um, the building of Birmingham. You know, at the time we are looking for Birmingham building, there was so much crisis and also we put all our strength there, deprive ourselves here, got the building uh, for lease to buy. When it was almost getting to the time to buy, I, I went to preach for the Bamian pastor. I wish he's here. He's coming tomorrow because he also started a, a master's program just last week. Yeah, he's coming today, yes. Yeah, he started a master's program in QS. He is a mechanical engineer. So, he now... I went to him and I said, How much do you have in your account? Two years, your, your building will be finished. They will either send you away or you pay. He said, Daddy, I thought. Uh, I said, He thought what? He said, I thought uh, London will be helping us. I said, London is not helping you. You, When you raise a child and that child is 21, he cannot ask for food. This, uh, uh, what do you call this, feeding bottle. Uh, give me for the bottle. Let I mean, No, 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 no. <laughs> I said, you have to get it out. I've been teaching you. What, they come from European Presbytery every quarter. And I take them through governors, everybody, and all stuff. Go tell your members you want to buy a house. If you don't buy this out, they will send us out. <sighs> how can I tell them? I said, how I told them in London. <laughs> how can't you tell them? You want me to come and help you tell them? You'll be more serious because I will arrest everybody and I'm collecting money from them. <laughs> anyway, because he has, you know, he's never told them about giving to the building. Go tell your people they have to build their own house. Nobody will build it. If London build it, London is in place. You are not. And they started, they started, and they were putting money every month. But before I went to tell him that, I have called the administrators that, look, we need... For them, we know the amount of the building is, um, you know, uh, that building is uh, 200. We need for them about uh, 60 or 70,000. And so, what I did was I cut down every, many expenditures, canceled some trips I should go. They didn't know why I'm doing that. said The trip should stay. I raised that 70,000 cash waiting for them. Then I said, but our pastor's residence too. He will lose his residence because the other resident wants the residence. We pay for it. We rented that place and we are paying monthly for that residence. What about if we buy a house there? How much will it cost? I went and checked houses there and they sent me information. I said, this is the kind of house I want for my pastor there. Not a useless house good standard. If my friend follow me there, they can be proud of me. Because this is my son's house. They won't say that you are living good. Your son is living in a ranch. So, I now said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The whole of those two buildings, how much will it cost? It will cost 400000 I told all the, we are no more building anything here. I want to save 500000 We are no more building. Here, extension, we stop it. We are doing the design. They have a prop- you know, processing it. By the time they came to tell me that the the building will finish, ah, that the next month the building we will, we will, will, will have to pay. I said, eh. I said, okay. He said the house where I was, we have to live there. Hey, please, we, we, can you permit us to go and look for if it's a flat I will move into? I said, okay. I said you will leave that house in one month. But don't look for any flat yet. I will look for a flat for you. And the building for the church, we have triggered it that we are going to buy. Ah, he said, but we don't have 65,000. I said, you don't have thousand. Go and tell your people to, to bring the money. So they went again. At that time, they have saved 45,000. Are you with me now? I never told him, only myself, administrators, know what I'm doing. So, that month will come. That week, I've called the, the, the lawyer. I've called the SS of yours. Give me this house. He'll give me the house. Okay, house, said, This is the one I want. Okay, how much? He told us, Okay, don't worry about it. Um, he didn't know. He's still looking, expecting that we're going to look for a flat. Even when he said that he can carry his load to yellow store, whatever they call it, and move. If it's a room somewhere, let me just stay there until uh, we are able to set to. I said, Yeah, don't worry, you will stay in the room that week we paid that building paid for that building we paid for the church we paid for the vicarage and then i just called him, ah, pastor how are you ah bless god sir bless god sir i said yes bless him now <laughs> announcing the church on sunday that we own this church now he said how oh. i said we just paid for it ah Praise God. Yeah, you know Pastor Billy. Praise God. Yeah. I said okay, good. What about your house? He said now nah, we have to look for that now daddy I said go to the SS of your by next week collect the key. He said with key. I said the house that you went to look for last year. Because I I got the SS of your. He went to check the house. I said I want that house. He went to check the house. I asked him is it good? When you go there, is it what I see in picture that you see on the ground? He said, yes. I said, okay. And he didn't know if we pursued it. When we told him to go and collect the key, he was saying, which key? I said, go there. And when he got to the key, they gave him the key. He went to the house, he called me back. He said, daddy, ah, 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 I said, now, when I come to Birmingham, I have a house, I can sleep, isn't it? He said, you can come and sleep, for many days. yeah, <laughs> And we bought the house. Now, let me say this to you. I'm saying that because somebody who is a father or who is a spiritual head or who is a pastor of a parish must carry all his people in his mind. He must carry them in your mind. I could have put the money here and said, I forget about uh, that. But then the world cannot get to where I want. It cannot get to where I want. Let me say something to you. I won't say it. (laughs) I think I need to tell you really. (laughs) No, no, no. Let me tell you you this. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. this. And that I think I should say it, uh, Pastor Sidney. And uh, Pastor, I think I should say it because it will help people to understand what it means by suffering. I have secured the house for Pastor Billy, and I paid that money, but my own house is not paid yet. Okay, my house is not paid yet. So I would have said that church, you should concentrate on paying for my own house. It's not important. You know, because what I want from God is bigger than what, you know, that's what we got in Birmingham. It's quite, it's good, beautiful, reasonable, really, in where Pastor Billy lives. is what they call coup de sac. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, all his neighbors are people working in the city, in London. Yes? I think it's four bedrooms or whatever. And uh, when he got there, they asked him, where do you work? oh he said to them i'm a vicar oh they said ah we are happy we have one vicar oh you are the only vicar here another vicar live on the other estate. i said now we have two men of god living around us we are safe (laughs) then we are safe you know what i'm telling you is this when you say you want to work for god Do you still want to work for God? You can be homeless and those you send must have home. You may not eat, but they must eat. When are we to finish this meeting? What is the time now? All right, all right, all right. Okay. Now, let me just read this. We will just, we will just, uh, give me five minutes and I will give you this one. You go and read it. The five pillars of successful church. Number one, accountability. Seven pillars of successful church. Accountability. Second Corinthians 5.10. Two pillar. Dedication and devotion. I put that together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Third pillar, commitment. I will give you this print. Even after we close, 15 minutes, i give you. Commitment. Number four, transparency. Your heart, God searches your heart. <laughs> and he knows it very well. Then number five. Consideration for others. I said accountability. Dedication and devotion. Commitment. Transparency. Consideration for others. Number six. You must have succession plan, continuity, who will take over from you. Your life must be to raise other people to take over, to raise other people to take over, to raise other people to take over. That should be your life. And number seven, corporate social responsibilities. Your church must affect the community. In line with the scriptures. For you to achieve that, you must appoint qualified people to run divisions. Second Timothy two, two All and the things you have heard from me, I uh, heard me say in the presence of many weaknesses, and trust to reliable men. Tomorrow, I will continue with you on the duties and obligations of a minister. I'm sure we have been blessed. Put your hands together for the Lord. Shall we just stand up together and pray? Let's thank God for the privilege you have given to us today. For the impartation that we received today. Father, we bless you, Lord. We give you the glory and honor and praise. We magnify your holy name. That we exalted to God. Let us commit the night to the Lord, that the Lord will move among us as never before. Thanking God for what God did over the past few days, for the vision, for the visitations that we received over the past two days. Father, we bless Your holy name. Let tonight be awesome, more awesome than yesterday let us ask god to empower us by the things that we have learned that we'll be able to use them constructively that the lord will bless the works of our hands god will teach us how to do things where to go how to go so that we can please god in everything that we do Lord our God help us to be like your son Jesus Christ in everything he gave everything for the flock he died for the flock he emptied himself for the flock help us to be like the chief shepherd the rain is coming fishes are falling from the skies the garden is filled with all manners of fish, for there shall be no lack among them, says the Lord. Father Lord, let it rain upon us let it rain upon us. let it rain upon us, rain upon us. vision, 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 insight. yea God is with of prophets. We bless you, Lord. We give you the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' anointed name, we pray. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. The, 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 the short time within now and our next meeting enable us to maximize it. Grant us success in everything, yes, O Lord. Oh, Lord, my King. Every life that passed through this place this week, they will never remain the same. Every minister that passed through this place this week, they will never remain the same. Lord, it will be like a place where we came to be fortified and to be strengthened and empowered. We will go back to our pulpits, there will be an eruption. As angels have revealed themselves in this place over the past two days and tonight again they will Amen. let it be that angelic ministry continues in the life of all these ministers Amen. as you are moved by word of knowledge accurate this week like rivers like ocean let it happen with all these ministers that have come this week that lord you will increase us in the word of knowledge. You will increase us in the power of insight. Amen. As you have challenged our heart with Moses yes, Lord. and Elisha yesterday. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, you will bring us to the place where Moses was. Amen. You will bring us to the place where Elisha was. Amen. And you will take us beyond. Amen. That your prophecy for the end time church will happen through us. Amen. And at the end of the day, your name be glorified. Amen. Lengthen our days in the land of the living. By your hand of mercy, that we may fulfill all written concerning us. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know what? This time we have spent excess, is our reflection time. And it's a good reflection we had, isn't it? Because reflection is sit down, think about what you have learned and see how it applies to you. Think about testimonies of what God has done to you. And then look at how are you going to improve from what you've got. Now let me say this to us too. A good number of people have come to me who had open visions of angels on the pulpit, in the church. And also some, when I said that you should go and pray, who prayed and they had some encounters, they are too excited. So I've decided that Friday is when I'm going to let them share. God, we have been having some visitation of angels from Monday. More than we ever had. Because the Lord showed me the next phase of Christ with Tabernacle. Alright? That's why I warned you. I told you a statement when I was teaching you that. I believe that the end time reformation of Pentecostal movement is the duty of this house. I told you. I saw something. The Lord himself. I would gather, this is the reason why what God is directing me to share with you, they are so rigid, so rigid as written. If it is written, no manipulation, no twisting round, that is what it is. So if we are not it, we have to be panoramated by God until we become it. Not according to pleasure, by force, by fire, we must be. I would gather, because the assignment is heavy. Assignment is heavy. I see some of you; they are calling for for they call for me in some nations, and I said, "You go, you go," and they were they came back and said, "We we we, didn't, we were not disappointed." Okay, even some said that Apostle. <laughs> even if you came, we don't know whether this will happen because the level of what God did through you is transcending. All right, and you are not waiting there to go and be looking for the. Um, uh, the the eunuch of Ethiopia to follow him. You recognize that? You ministered to the eunuch and you left. And you were carried by the wind. You didn't say, ah, this is an opportunity. So, we are assigned for a new order. And we must be bounded together in spirit and in love. thank you for your patience tonight. Expect wonders. God bless you all and see you. Is there any special announcement by a special person? Praise Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.